effects of the Egyptian pound devaluation begin to manifest and African leaders urge to embrace technological innovations in order to promote and support indigenous ideas. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse on everything business. In Africa, I am Ritha Dong. For more, follow us on Twitter at the K Financial, and you can find me at Ritha Dong. Your main story is brought to you by INM Bank PLC, INM Bank Rwanda. We are on your side. The Egyptian pound has lost more than 50% of its value against the dollar over the past year as a result of three devaluations, the most recent of which came in January. Chachilogutu, economist for Eastern North Africa, with IC Group returns with an analysis of the devaluation effects this far. Uh, just to put it into context, Egypt has devalued its currency four times uh, since last year, uh, March, October, and then two devaluations uh, last month. And the end result is that uh, the currency, uh, which started the year at uh, 15 against the dollar, that was the beginning of last year. Right now it's at 30 towards the dollar. So it's like 100% devaluation uh, in, in, in the Egyptian pound over the course of the last 12 months. But in as much as we've seen this uh step devaluations, uh, the four that we've seen over the in, in the last 12 months, there's still a number of issues that uh, hang in the balance. And I'll raise two of them. The first is that um, this is not the first time we are seeing a steep devaluation on the Egyptian pound. The last major one was conducted on November 2016. But even after that, uh, the authorities, and here, that's the Central Bank of Egypt, now let the Egyptian pound uh, appreciate uh, against where the fundamentals were showing its value to be. So that's the main issue that even is still hanging on the balance right now is that, okay, will we see the authorities now changing our course midway? Uh, yes, we've had this mid uh, steep devaluations, but will there be a reversal in some time future? So the market is still on tenterhooks as to the policy uh, future path around uh, the on the Egyptian pound. The other key issue is around um, the flexible exchange rate. This is one of the issues that they had uh, during amidst the discussions for the IMF program, and uh, the idea of a flexible exchange rate probably. Uh, it may not seem to be an direction. It may not seem to be a two-directional uh, flexibility, but it's it's more an asymmetric in the sense that uh, these the market expects further downside bias for the Egyptian pound. And if you look at where the forward rates on the Egyptian pound are, the market is still looking at some further ten percent uh, downside on the Egyptian pound. So that is what the FX expectation is uh, in regards to the Egyptian on the Egyptian pound, even uh, looking at the near term. So that uh, just tells us that probably we'll see some uh, uh, a number of devaluation events uh, in the near term horizon, or some policy tightening on the monetary uh, policy side. So those are some of the things that are still weighing on our on, on our minds as the market uh, participants. What impact has the devaluation had on the Egyptian economy? But then again, uh, just to get into the heart of your questions around uh, what are the implications, we've seen that because of the weakening of the Egyptian pound, uh, 
because of these step devaluations, uh, it has had some effects pass through in the sense that uh, Egypt now relies on a significant um, imports uh, in their countries. And as the prices of, and as the local currency weakens, it means that the it's expensive uh, in terms of imports. Uh, so that has led to inflation uh, spiraling upwards. The last print for the month of Jan uh, came at around 25%. And we are looking at um, an inflation print that started 2022 at 8%. So there's been a significant uh, upside uh, tilt on inflation uh, just because of the FX pass-through and majorly impacting uh, the food component, which has also been on a tear. And because of the inflation, um, expectations to be rising, we've seen over the course of last year, the Central Bank of Egypt raising uh, its uh, interest rates by eight percentage points. So right now, the benchmark rate, benchmark deposit rate is at uh, 16.25% from 8.25% at the start of last year, just to address the uh, the negative impact of um, rising inflation in the con- uh, on the Egyptian economy. Uh, so that's one. The other thing that we are seeing um, touching on food is now the wheat imports. So at the beginning of uh, the current financial year, the expectation was that the Egyptian uh, finance uh, Egypt, Egyptian wheat imports will be valued at around $1.3 billion uh, over the course of the current financial year. The current financial year for Egypt is ending in June. Uh, so that was the expectation that they'll spend like around $1.3 billion in terms of wheat imports. But because of the further devaluations, they're looking at around $3.2 billion. So that's a steep increase uh, in terms of what the government will, will spend uh, to bring in the imports, uh, wheat imports in the country. So that's a significant uh, fiscal risk uh, on the economy. But that said, even on the other side, we've seen that there's been an increased um, fiscal measures to support uh, the most vulnerable. Uh, One of them is that there's been increased uh, cash transfers, at least to support uh, the people at the lower end of the pyramid, uh, electricity tariffs, which were expected to to, to, to increase uh, sometime this fiscal year, ending June has been more or less halted so that uh, at least uh, it cushions the most vulnerable against the risk of uh, elevated uh, cost of living. So, and also there's been extension of temporary additional support. So in Egypt, a number of people hold food rations, cards. Uh, So uh, there was support that was to end sometime in the course of this fiscal year, but that has been extended up until the end of uh, June 2023. So these are some of the measures that have been put in place at least to counter the negative impact of um, the knock-on impact of FX pass-through, mostly on food that is consumed by the Egyptian economy. And right now we've seen that there's some fiscal support at least to address uh, those issues. A quick review of the other stories making it into the podcast. Kenya and the United States have concluded their first round of strategic trade and investment partnership that will form a basis for future bilateral engagements. The Kenyan delegation, led by Trade Principal Secretary Alfred Komdumo, hope that the five-day talks on the free trade agreement will bear fruit. 
The government has been scouting for areas of collaboration that will increase foreign direct investment, promote sustainable and inclusive growth that will also support women and small and medium enterprise businesses. The goal of the partnership is to increase investment, promote sustainable and inclusive economic growth, benefit workers, consumers and businesses, including micro, small and medium-sized enterprises, and also support African regional economic integration. Tech experts have urged African leaders to embrace technological innovations in order to promote and support indigenous ideas, startups and talents with the relentless potential to build solutions and products to solve Africa's problems. The speakers made the admonition at the program organized by Spark Africa themed Creating the Spark for Innovation. The program held in Abuja brought together over 30 speakers and panelists, 3,000 tech enthusiasts, founders and a pool of venture capitalists. Angel investors, big tech giants, innovative hubs, and over 50 exhibiting companies from across 15 African countries, speaking on a panel to discuss building a resilient and fundable startup ecosystem in Africa. Co-founder Bani Africa, Africa's tech solution for integrated payments, and co-founder of Prosper, Rodney Jackson Cole, highlighted challenges faced by African startups, especially regarding funding. According to Mr. Jackson, it's important for incoming startups to understand the problem they're solving and also find means of generating revenue, especially during downtimes and winter of funding. He also believes any serious startup company does not need millions to start a business, but enough funds to hit the ground running. Unionized workers at an Amazon distribution center have announced more strikes in a row of a pay. About 350 staff at the Coventry Warehouse became the first in the UK to take industrial action against the online retail giant last month. The GMB union is calling for a pay raise from £10.5 to £15 an hour, although the union is not recognised by Amazon. Amazon previously said it offered competitive pay, which had risen by 29% since 2018, as well as other benefits. Because the tech giant doesn't recognise the union, it does not enter pay negotiations with its representatives. GMB announced for the strike dates to the employer on Monday. The industrial action is due to take place on 28th of February, 2nd March, and for one week between the 13th and 17th of March. The union branded Amazon's 5% pay rise offer worth about 50 pence an hour. As derisory and workers also spoke about severe conditions, including constant monitoring and having toilet breaks timed. Amazon said its performance management tool was posed when employers were not logged in at their station. About 1,500 people employed at the Coventry site where Amazon stock is scanned and sent out to fulfillment centers to then be shipped to consumers. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K-Financial. If you have any suggestions or you just want to check out more stories, visit the website, that is thekfinancial.com. And don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K Financial. And you can find me at With a Dong. <laughs> <laughs>